Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the College Football Uncensored Podcast, brought to you by Saturday Down South in Texas Pete. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host Chris Marler. Chris, what a weekend, what a week. I mean, it's been a while, we haven't recorded since Tuesday, a lot's happened since then. Uh, a lot's happened. Um, you, sir, are on the verge of being a, you're going to go to a New Year's Day bowl game. Feels good. Feels good, brother. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I went to the Iron Bowl. Didn't get murdered. Yeah, yeah. So what happened with the guy that won the ticket? So it was a dude named um, Dylan Gilbert. Very, I told him, very murdery name. Okay. Like, very murdery name. Didn't murder me, which I really appreciated. Uh, and my mom did as well. Um, he was great. He was awesome. He was just a, a dude that is from Anniston, actually, from like the same town my family's from. Um, big Bama fan. Goes to like Mississippi College, something like that. Just a you know normal dude. Um, I will say I felt bad because I couldn't find the fucking seats. Oh god! It like it was they were they were very high up, and I could not fucking find the seats. Do you want me to tell the Iron Bowl stuff now, or you want me to wait until the game? Because like uh, if it's like intertwines with the game, I guess we could wait. It was really cool. Just in general, we saw a bunch of I saw a, a few listeners, and we had a listener. This was the coolest part. We'll with this. Um, we had a listener from Australia that flew to the game and his name is Tommy O'Rourke. I love him to death. He's, he's been like an OG listener with us. He's like the original text me dust. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and he told me he was going to go to the iron bowl and like they're, they're on this like, like two or three week trip. So we got down there and getting to hang out with him. Like the fact that we have a listener in Australia is crazy. Yeah, that is somebody from Australia loves college football that much. He was like, Yeah, this is so much better than waking up at 4 a.m. on Sunday to watch it. Um, I'm gonna gonna close this door real quick. Hold on one second. Okay, yeah, so we got to meet him and a couple other listeners. That was a lot of fun. Uh, the weather sucked. Yeah, listen, I'll get into it later. The the atmosphere at the Iron Bowl and Bryant Denny sucked. Like, Bryant Denny, Tuscaloosa just sucked, especially in Tuscaloosa was awful. Was it really? It like. Oh, this is a bad vibe down there right now because they're not really in it. Although now, after the crazy weekend, they kind of are again. Compared to what I like, what we did at Auburn, yeah, night, night and day. Oh man, you can't say that. I can because it's like I mean, it's, you're it's, being it's, honest. I'm being honest. <laughs> um, so no, oh, I, I mean, I had a good time overall, and it was cool seeing a bunch of people and like the listeners and stuff like that. Uh, another guy who recognized me from Twitter and complimented me from that, which is still bizarre. Super nice. He actually asked, he goes, how are you doing? And I was like, thank oh, you. God. Thank you. What a nice um, guy. Yeah, it was, it was, that part was fun for sure. What, are the, what was that tweet that you sent me and Dan too? You had like a DM about me. <laughs> yeah. And then somebody was like, dude, Tyler's getting, he's just hella slept on. Mad <laughs> slept on. Yeah. Mad I was slept. like, okay. Dude, I'll take that. Um, What's up? But yeah, it was, it was, uh, we'll get into that part later, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a good week for us. Um, so obviously we're going to recap these games. Um, a couple of things I didn't see in the doc that I wanted to go over. Um, so a couple of hirings have been made. Obviously Matt rule to Nebraska was like the first big one. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like, I think that's a good hire for Nebraska. I don't think that they could really do better than that. Honestly. No. Again, who wants to live in fucking Nebraska? And Matt Rule, like, he made Temple, like, a, a respectable program and then went to Baylor and, like, w- when they were on probation yeah. and, like, made them, like, I mean, they were in a New Year's Six Bowl under him. They were 1-11 and 11 
his like first year, and he took him to eleven and one. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, although I will probably, say uh, Frost took UCF from zero and twelve to twelve and zero, and then went to Nebraska and was awful. So let's just so here's it's just like you know circle of life. The <laughs> yeah. next coach will have like a two and ten to a ten and two, right? Um, but no, like the next coach will just be Brian Harson. Yeah, I like rule at at Temple is like the one I think that people forget about. Like he beat Penn State. It's the first time that like they've beaten them since like the forties or some shit. Like that is a he's got an impressive resume regardless of what happened in the NFL. Yeah, so I think that was a great hire. They they did go with an eight year deal, which I thought after seeing like stuff that happened with Jimbo, like I just don't know if you do that. But okay, I mean they're committed to the long term success there. And you also had That's Luke Fickle market, today to Wisconsin, which I thought was kind of out of the blue. Like I thought, I think pretty much everybody was like Jim Leonard's going to have that job. Yeah, Wisconsin guy. There, there's a reason why Paul Chris stepped down essentially just to so they could promote Jim Leonard because they didn't want to lose right. him. And then all of a sudden, Luke Fickle is now the coach at Wisconsin. Yeah, they're excited about that. I'm sure you're probably going to jump around. They're so excited. Uh, uh, I see what you I, did. I, we're done. We're there. Done uh, um, so I, I think it'll it, be interesting to really, like, I think he'll do really well there. Like, yeah. I think he'll do really well. And then I'll, I'm also interested to see where Jim Leonard goes because he's one of the best DCs in the country. True. And I also think that it's a very, it's like, this is the blueprint for what Auburn needs to, and their fans need to, like, listen to. Like, you didn't you didn't keep like the hometown kid because you probably found a better option in Luke Fickle, right? Like Jim right. Leonard's a fantastic DC. You, yeah, you got yeah, a great yeah. head coach now, right? So I think um, yeah, because the, the Auburn the Auburn roller coaster from this week. Incredible. I mean, we could talk about it now, or we could talk about it. Let's talk about it later. Let's talk about the games. Okay. All right. Um, last thing. Kenny Dillingham to Arizona State, not a big deal, but he was uh, the guy that had Bo Nix, kind of transformed Bo Nix this year up, up at Oregon. He was uh, Norvell's um, – oh, thanks, Trevor. Uh, yeah, Trevor, reminder if you're watching to like the stream. Um, no, but anyways, uh, Kenny Dillingham is the guy that – he was under Norvell at Florida State, and then he he kind of like groomed Bo Nix up at uh, – first at Auburn and then um, – up at Oregon. So he got the job. I thought it was funny in his press conference, a, a booster stood up and said, yeah, uh, yeah so I'm going to go ahead and give a million dollars to NIL. Okay. That's just where we're I at just now. That, like when I heard that, my first thought was that sounds like it's, it was like orchestrated. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And then two, I would just pray to God that wherever they were, there was like a salvation army attendant right outside the building, like just like ringing a bell asking for spare change. And then that guy who just gave a million fucking dollars to like a four and eight program was like, so sorry, I have no cash. I have no cash. Yeah. I think, anyway. I think Dillingham will do really well there. He's from Arizona. Like he had Florida state a lot in, in on a lot of prospects from Arizona that we shouldn't have been in on. We weren't good enough to land him, but like him right. being from Arizona, he went to Arizona state. He's, he's from 32. Scottsdale. Yeah. He's, he's 32 years old. He's going to relate really well to these kids. Uh, I think he'll, he'll do pretty well there. Um, all right, let's get into the game. College in 2012, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. So, uh, should we go chronologically here, or no? We've got. Let's let's start with the big game. Yeah, I put it in the dog. Yeah, that's right. All right, Michigan, Ohio State. Um, I think. I guess this was probably on the like list of things that could have happened i wasn't totally shocked now it happened last year so i was like okay ohio state brings in jim Knowles. they're right. like ready for this you know they've they've made comments that they want to be prepared for this game specifically yeah 
Michigan went in there and roughed them up just like they did last year, 45-23. First win in Columbus since 2000. First back-to-back wins over Ohio State since 99-2000. And it kind of felt like a changing of the guard where like when you're thinking of Ohio State, it's like, okay, yeah, like they've got all these great receivers, but like the soon as the, as soon as they play a physical team, right, they get annihilated. They looked bad against Northwestern. Yep. And Northwestern's not a good team, but they are a physical team, usually under under Pat Fitzgerald. They looked bad a couple weeks ago. And Maryland's not a physical team. Right. They were at home, and this was the game that like they everyone had circled for Ohio State. Like Ryan Day is like a fiery guy. I remember like in Brian, in twenty twenty, Ryan Day got caught on camera saying like, "If they let us in the playoff, we play Clemson, man, we're gonna beat their fucking ass." Like, and you know, I get it because he's pumping up his team, whatever. They were eleven and zero. They were over a, a touchdown favorite to their arch rival, who hadn't played anybody. Starting running back was injured. You got a young quarterback in there. Oh shit! Their road games uh, for Michigan going into this was Indiana, Iowa, and Rutgers. Like you were built to win this game, mm-hmm. you you went right down the field on the first play of the game. So the concern for me, big picture wise, the adjustments that were made from Jim Harbaugh and that staff versus what was made for for Ohio State were night and day, and that's what won the game. And on top of that, like more like Harbaugh and day, am I right? No, night and Ryan day, idiot. No, but like, I I mean, one, I will say this, like, first and foremost, I I was wrong. I thought that Michigan was a fraud. I thought Michigan was a a huge fraud. Uh, And I could not have been more wrong about that. Going into that game with the 74th ranked strength of schedule in the country. And they just took it to them, man. And beat, I mean, beat the shit out of them. Like, like going away to end the game. Yeah, I, I, I have said on this podcast for many weeks, JJ McCarthy, if you, if, they rely on J.J. McCarthy. If if a team like Ohio State can take away the run, that there's no chance Michigan will win because J.J. McCarthy just hasn't shown he's going to do it. Right. And that was Ohio State's game plan. And for the first two quarters, almost three quarters, Michigan couldn't run the ball. But J.J. McCarthy was slinging the pill, dude. He was like – I mean, he was just launching it down the field. I felt like he was completing every single pass down, down the field. Did you see how how like relaxed he was? And they kept crazy, him on the sideline. I mean, it, it's a Blake Corum is your Heisman Trophy candidate. Like you're leading the country in in you know all these different rushing categories. Two carries for six yards. I right. mean, you ha- like there's not an excuse for what happened here to Ohio State. And and again, the concern for me is like obviously you have to give credit to Michigan. Michigan's a much better team than I thought, and maybe a lot of us thought. Um, and then going on the road like that. But if you're Ohio State, like your confidence, like talking to their fans, their confidence is shaken very, very badly right now. Right. Um, two years in a row. I mean, they dominated this series for so long. I thought it was, I thought it was like a shock, and then I just kept assuming Ohio State would come back. But it was worse than last year, man. It was. It's. It started out the exact same, and it got much, much worse. I, I think people up in Columbus are really starting to question, like. Okay, yeah, we've got all these like great players, and we don't really give a shit if we're not beating Michigan and right. we're not winning. I mean, like, okay, championships, like, you can't be mad if you're just not winning the championship all the time, but like, you've now two years in a row got your ass beat. This was, by the way, 
17 million viewers of this game was the most for a regular season since 2011. Oh, God. You cut I'll out. Say that again because I know you were frozen. This was a huge monster game. 17 million viewers on this game was the most of a regular season game since 2011. Holy shit. And you got your ass beat at home. In front of the whole country. And, and yeah. here's the other thing, too. Like, you got your ass beat at home. And, and I was saying this the other day, like, or like a couple of episodes ago, the Big Ten essentially had a one-game season. A one-game season. And all you had to do was beat this team. And you got embarrassed. I mean, you got fucking embarrassed. I like it's the one time I think I've ever pulled for Ohio State. Um, and uh, you know, I guess I don't have to ever do that again. We'll talk about the playoff implications later because I think I just assumed that it meant it was a foregone conclusion both of them would get in, and I hate that idea. But that was what I assumed was probably going to happen. That might not be the case. Yeah. So uh, obviously, at this point, there's still a lot to play out here because you've got USC, who I think is. I, I think people, they're kind of in the spotlight now because, A, they're USC. Caleb mm-hmm. Williams looks like he's probably going to win the Heisman at this point. He is. Um, and he's had a really good close the season, too. And now, instead of having to play Oregon, they get to play Utah. Man. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. So, I just, I, I don't... USC is, I think they've got a path right now. I, I don't think there's a way that Ohio State sneaks back into this um, because I just don't see Utah beating USC two times in a, uh, in one year. And yeah. um, the game was close the first time. It's very difficult to beat a team twice in a row. I think Oregon would have had a better chance of beating USC. I just realized that that loss to fucking Oregon State means that Utah goes, that sucks. That sucks. And the other thing, too, is that um, they were up, what, three touchdowns, Oregon? 31 to 10. <sighs> 31 to 10 in the third quarter. <sighs> Man, that's tough. Um, let's see. Are we having, we're having connection issues here, I feel like. I still, I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't see that. Okay. Maybe it's on my end. Anyway, yeah, great game though. Um, what's the, what's uh, the next game? Um, last night's game, LSU, Texas A and M. My God, happy Wait, birthday, Kip, man! I just I, as soon as you feel like you have everything figured out, something stupid like this happens. I've been forgetting to bet like on most games, like at the end of the season, and thank God. Thank God, because it, like nothing, everything I thought I knew is wrong. And this is like, what do you think is more embarrassing? What happened to Ohio State or what happened to, to LSU? What's worse? Yeah. Uh, probably Ohio State, honestly, because LSU is just there. I feel like LSU fans have this kind of vibe, but like we're just we're just happy to be here this year, this early. They were they were ranked fifth in the latest CFP rankings. Yeah, they were 10. I mean, look, they were bigger underdogs for sure. They were 10 point or uh, they were bigger favorites than Ohio State was. But they were ahead of USC. Like LSU was ahead of one loss USC in the rankings. Like there was a very clear path for them to make it. And they had been riding all this momentum. And on top of that, you were going to play the worst offensive team in the entire conference. Like with a backup quarterback again. Yep. 
I just and, and also like LSU hates AM. Like they, they don't like AM. And I just I, I was shocked. I mean, like, like they looked the, I mean the most points that AM scored all year against LSU and this defense. Like and now Harold Perkins got banged up. Um hats off to AM, a great way to close the season. It's kind of funny because like Jimbo, we talked about last year how he just like rode this like wave of momentum and like kind of like a facade of momentum and positivity, right. like going into the offseason. Um that's 100% happening again now that they had this win. He's going to go into the offseason, have a top five recruiting class. And some, like, I don't know if it's all of them. It won't be Trevor because he's smart. There's going to be several AM fans that are going to get right back into believing that, like, everything's okay now. He's not going to hit me again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I saw some people talking on Twitter, like, this was, if you're an AM fan, this result was the worst thing that could have ever happened because Jimbo's going to be like, see, I was right. He did in his, in his uh, post game interview. He was like talking, doubling down on his play calling. Yeah. Oh, dude. And I, I, and I look. I, I probably should talk like stop talking so much shit about Jimbo because yeah. it it makes what I say about him seem very like one sided. Mm-hmm. But I, I was with some of my neighbors last night watching the game, and everyone agreed with me. So I wasn't like just being an asshole. But he just he looks like shit, man. Like. Yeah, on the sidelines, he has gained so much weight. He looks fucking exhausted. Like he just looks miserable. Um, yeah. I just it'll be it's going to be an interesting off season there. I, I kind of feel like he's he's along those Saban. You know, a lot of these Saban guys like Muschamp was the same way. They burn hot, and they want to be like Saban in terms of having control over the whole program, but they just don't. For for whatever we, reason, it worked for Saban. It's obviously working for Kirby, but a lot of these other guys just get they burn bright and then they fizzle and they're just burn out. And yeah, that's what and Jimbo it, looks like when I look at him. I'm at some point, like that whole thing about like the Saban, you know, Saban put a hell of a staff together, and but like Jeremy Pruitt got that job because because people thought he was coming from the Saban tree, not because Saban instilled all these like you know, lessons and and taught him how to like be a head coach. Like Kirby was there for a very long time and Kirby is a phenomenal coach and passionate about what he's doing. Jimbo does not look like he's passionate about any of that, but a tremendous win for AM. Can we talk about them uh, rushing the field? Thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, as a, <laughs> As a fan of a team whose uh, fans also rushed the field as a ten point favorite and didn't cover, and like not like you beat like you beat a team that's six and six, I can't really make fun of them that bad. But at the All same right, time, that's that's fine. Yeah, that's for you. I should I should have just taken the question myself. Yeah. That like there were so many A and M fans because I, I I think I said something on Gordy's podcast. That apparently, I was a little bit too aggressive with what was going to happen in this game, and I and, like. There was no reason not to think that because of what LSU had been doing, uh, you know, for the last like month or so. Um, and again, all credit in the world goes to Jimbo rallying the troops and, and A&M winning that game. Devon Achan, by the way, might be the, the best player in the country, like just yeah. legitimately. Um, but they rushed the field, beating a three-loss <laughs> LSU team in a game where they clinched a five-win season. I just, that seemed a little bit much for me. At, yeah. At yeah, no, I I could see that. Um, yeah. Do you? I, I I could see Jimbo being like coming to some agreement with A and M, 
I just I kind of feel like Jimbo's just not cut out for the SEC life anymore. And I feel like no. if he went to like West Virginia, like someone was saying in the comments, Chad in the right. comments was saying Jimbo hadn't had West Virginia. Like, and, and, and he could just accept that, look, you're never going to get the players. You're never going to compete again. Right. But you can like compete for like the Big 12 and like make great money and have great success, but you're never going to reach the pinnacle. But the grind is not going to be like the SEC. Jimbo, I feel like that's I feel like that's what he needs right now. He needs to find a job where whatever situation would would mirror when a girl is upset at her significant other. And I'll say like high school to 20 something year old like girl is upset or in a fight with her like boyfriend or or whatever. The same energy that she gets from her friends that will always agree with her no matter what is said. Nothing that old Dane Cooks uh said about or what do you call it? Like bit about that. Where's my friends that agree with me? Yeah. Right. He just needs to find whatever fan base and, and coaching staff and states program will do that for him. He needs an echo chamber of, of confidence boost and just be like, you know what, Joe, you're, you got a huge dick. You are unbelievably successful. You're still handsome. You're in great shape. You're in great yeah. shape. Um, yeah. He just, he needs a, like a, a whole ass hype man full of delusion. Yeah, man. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, I don't want to take credit away. I mean, it sucks for LSU. Look, I don't think – I think LSU – do I think they're the fifth-best team in the country? No, I probably didn't. But, no. I mean, should have won this game. Yeah. Um, if they made the playoffs, I mean, obviously, it would, like, they would have had to beat Georgia even without this game to be in, right? It's not going to happen, yeah. Yeah, so um, I don't think – I don't think, you know, the playoffs would work well for them anyway. So, but hey, look, it's still a great season for for LSU. AM season comes to an end. They don't make a bowl. Um, be interesting. You know, there's been a lot of players from AM that have come out entering the portal today. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. I'm just it's gonna be very interesting to watch. Yeah, for sure. I just want to do a little side note. Do you think there's any correlation for the fact that the two probably the two biggest schools that revolve around NIL are Texas A&M and Miami and they look like absolute dog shit on the field i don't i mean that's like i want to say that's got to be a coincidence cuz it's also year 1 and i don't want right. to make like be a prisoner of the moment i think you just have i mean one Miami is in they they haven't been great for a while and they're also like have a first year coach a&M is where your concern is. Right. There's just not as much uh, excuses. I mean, you can throw Bam in there too with like the NIL stuff and also in the trench report. But anyway, what's the next game? Yeah. Uh, just a little Florida Florida State action, you know. Put that up there for you. You know how it do. Um, wow, this game was insane. Um, didn't expect it to be. I expected it to be a blowout. This is what happens when I get confidence in my team. Is But Which hey, never, look. I've never seen you do that. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and look, I mean, from the first damn drive, we turn it over on the first drive at midfield, but then we get, we get them to go four and out and it's like, okay, this game's going to be, this game's going to be a war. Yeah. And, um, it was back and forth. Jordan Travis making unbelievable plays. God, he's um, good. I, I, I've been hearing that he's, I mean, he's not really like an NFL prospect. So right. a lot of people are thinking that he is going to come back. If he does, man, I, I think I think Florida State's gonna be an attractive team in the portal. 
uh, with Travis at QB for guys on offense. Norvell knows he can capitalize on some of the success they've had. And look, I mean, some of it's smoke and mirrors, dude. We've won five in a row, but all the games we've played have been against either shitty teams or I mean, even Florida is not great. But now you've got success and you've got like a story to tell. I mean, that's the thing right there. You yeah. got a story to tell. Yeah. It's like, look, I won eight games in two years, my first two years. We, we surpassed yeah. that in year three well, in, in, in one. And so, um, but man, Jordan Travis, I'm so happy for that kid. Um, he's had a tumultuous career, man. He went to Louisville, started out there. Petrino, that was the year Petrino, like basically just left the team. Oh, yeah. Which and, one, the Falcons or, or Louisville? Uh, no, the Louisville. I think, did he get fired? What happened? It was like a very tumultuous ending. I don't fucking know. He's the worst. And um, But Petrino actually recruited him out of high school. He went there, and he had an awful experience, almost quit football, and hit the transfer portal. Willie Taggart picked him up. <laughs> he transferred in. His, his brother was like an amazing baseball player at Florida State, so it was like a Florida State yeah. family. Willie Taggart refused to play him. Taggart got fired. And ever since then, like Travis has been given this role and he's just grown so much. And man, I mean, he was, he was the MVP of the, of the game. I mean, Richardson was throwing yeah. some dimes that game. I thought I was like Ricky Pearsall from Florida was just absolutely murdering us in the first yeah. half. Um, but man, this team, like they just, the offense is so good. I like, I'm just so happy with Norvell on the offensive side. I think the defense has a lot. I wouldn't mind if we replace our D coordinator, honestly. Um, seems like any team we've played with the Pulse has put up a lot of points on us. Yeah. Um, but, man, I'm, I'm very happy for the direction um, of the program. <laughs> I was tweeting with our, our uh, one of the callers, that the, our, our resident Florida fan, after the game, tweeting back and forth with him. And, he's uh, like, he's shit. like no, not at all. I was like, man, he's like, just look forward to my voicemail uh, after this one. So yeah, did I've, you want the voicemails? I've got it here. Okay. All right. Let me make sure I'm not sharing anybody's number here. All right. Tell me if you can't hear it. Hey, what's going on, guys? Florida resident after this fucking loss after this goddamn game. One of easily the worst referee games I've ever seen in a long time. That was a whole other thing. Refs did not call anything against Florida State. Oh. Outside of that bullshit pass interference, I will say Whatever. the pass interference was some bullshit. Yeah. But Florida State held on 90% of their run plays. <laughs> Obvious. If I can see it from here, I know for sure they can see it from there. SEC crew. They we, missed the right. base. Is, I, I'm so over this shit. Napier called one of the worst third quarters I've ever seen in my entire life. I will agree with that. Throw the whole fucking team away. Fuck the bowl game. Fuck all this shit. We lost to this trash-ass Florida State team. Fuck! I'm sorry. I, hey, Tyler. Hey, nothing against you, brother. You you all right with me? You're one of the cool Florida State guys. You all right with me? Congrats on the W. The rest of your Florida State people, though, I want to punch about six of them in the face right now that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, congrats on the W. 
I can't wait till the game comes back to Gainesville next year so we can beat the shit out of y'all, and hopefully the refs will give us the same calls they or non-calls that they would give y'all. Whatever. And, you know, hey, congrats on your nine or six or however many wins y'all had. It is what it is, man. Whatever. <laughs> All right. So uh, I love that dude. I always will. Yes. We've got a, a few things we got to address here. Um, Trevor Garza is it was going off in the comments about – that we're ignoring Tennessee. We're not ignoring Tennessee. It was just an offhand comment about a and Miami. Like that's a good point about Tennessee and, and the money they've spent. I, it wasn't intentional. Oh, yeah. We just forgot that for a minute. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not a, was not intentional. Um, now back to this thing. I'm so fucking over this season and all of the, the comments about like, I am over like how bad the refs have been, especially in the sec. It's been really bad. It was bad in the egg bowl. The next thing we're going to talk about um, it's been bad a lot of times. But I'm so fucking tired of that being the excuse for for fans. And I, and yeah. I admittedly didn't watch this game, so I'm not saying – like, this guy's also – I love him to death. He's not – seems like he's as, as funny as the voicemails are, one of our more measured and, and like, yeah. you know, um, reasonable listeners. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, like, I just – it seems like that's, like, the go-to for everyone now. Yeah, and look, I mean, I thought Florida State fans were just as mad about the calls. I mean, I, it was bad refereeing, no doubt. Um and I will, I'm going to say one thing about the game that had me a little concerned and I hope Florida State addresses it. Florida won the line of scrimmage on both yeah. sides of the ball. They were, their O-line was destroying our D-line. Right. Like we just don't have big enough players. And that's something that's got, I mean, if they want to compete at that level long-term, they're going to have to get better on the lines. But um, not, you guys did not lose because of the refs, my man. Let's, let's be real honest here. Um, yeah. Jordan Travis right, put on team, a, a show. Uh, that was the it, most points ever in the rivalry, by the way. That game, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, was, I know you were, you were getting nervous there for a minute. I was very nervous. Um, all right. This one's going to be fun to talk about. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Not so much because of the game, because honestly, the game wasn't great. No. Um, and I mean, really, honestly, like, I don't know what you have to say about the game. I, I guess I wasn't shocked because I said, look, because of all the rumors that are going on at this point, we thought Kiffin was going to Auburn. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I don't know where their headspace is going to be. Then they come out and they lose. I'm like, okay, well, clearly we thought that that was in the realm of possibilities. I mean, congr- obviously congrats to Mississippi state is a, is a, it's a good year, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the bigger thing coming out of that was like, everyone kind of expected that next step to be Kiffin leaving. I thought there was a foregone conclusion, and we kept talking about. Hey, what's going on, guys? Oh shit, my bad. Florida <laughs> Now you're trolling, dude. Um, I thought that the way they performed against Arkansas, that is what like made the most sense. The two biggest reasons for me was the way they looked against Arkansas, and the fact that like the contract issue that they were going to have because in the state of Mississippi, if you're a state employee, you're not allowed to have such and such amount like of like you can't have a contract or, or whatever from your employer from over four years. Both of those things didn't matter at all, apparently. Um, but also this ended up being like another, like, I mean, Lane Limson at the end of the year with a, like with a bad, bad, bad finish, like, like Mississippi state, you were at home again against this yeah, team. Right. I mean, they were 11th in the country a few weeks ago and now you're finishing the season and it like, Listen, Mississippi State's a better team than people give them credit for, and, and that defense played great. Uh, the refs were bad in this one. The refs were bad in this one. And I just I continue to like not understand why 
they are inserting themselves into games as much as they are and also key moments. Well, here's the thing. I mean, especially with college refs, they these are not their full-time jobs. I mean, right. a lot of refs. I mean, I think he, that's true in the NFL too. Like, wasn't Ed Hockley like a big-time like attorney? No, he something? was a bodybuilder. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Um, but I think if 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 college, which it clearly is, if if college is going to get into this world of like eventually betting and things like that like getting right. huge in the betting scene and like being involved like the nfl is with like DraftKings, you you have to employ better refs at this yeah. level um it's a joke man it, it's it is across the board i mean there's nothing worse honestly than college basketball refs yeah. i can't even watch college basketball anymore it's and that i but i understand that one because it's like there's so many there's right 340 division one basketball teams. yeah and all that matters is the tournament no one gives a shit right. about the regular season at all um for the most part um but yeah especially as big as college football has gotten i just can't believe um you know it the the refereeing is at this level it's just uh it's insane um did you see the play that i'm talking that like had everyone so pissed off no so basically what happened was there was a there was a pass from Jackson Dart that was behind the line of scrimmage. He was just like hitting Quinchon Jenkins out in the flat. And it looked like it was, I didn't even notice it like being questionable um, when he, when it like left his hand, they it's incomplete. Cause it's like a little bit out ahead of them and they blow the whistle immediately. And the Mississippi state player picks it up kind of just like, you know, casually picks it up. And then at some point they started reviewing the play. I didn't, I didn't know why. I didn't know if it was like a challenge or what, but they're reviewing whether or not it was a lateral pass. It was like behind the line of scrimmage. And they go to review and, and it was, but the play was blown dead. And I feel like they, they like ran another play or something weird with other, like the way they described why they were, they were reviewing it made zero sense. And like the guy in the booth, whatever his name is, like the SEC head of officials or ESPN, like head of officials, whatever it is, could not have been more confused. And like, he's like, what are we fucking doing right now? And they ended up ruling that it was a lateral uh, pass and, or like, you know, a, a basically it was a lateral instead of a forward pass. And they gave the ball to Mississippi State on the 25 yard line in the fourth quarter because when the whistle blew, like they had possession or they picked it up afterwards or something weird. It was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's that's... the exact opposite of what they did in that Arkansas Auburn game from two years ago. That's so, that's so bad. So bad. That's so bad. Um, so let's get into the Kiffin stuff. Okay. <laughs> at some point, like before he, it actually came out that he was staying at Ole Miss, I was like, if he is tweeting like this and then eventually leaves Ole Miss, he's the biggest asshole of all time. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Just you guys have like the biggest piece of shit gaslighting like dude yeah. ever. I, like, and, and to be, you know, to be fair, he didn't do that, and he got himself a new contract that I don't think he's he's signed yet. Um, but yeah, like I just like on Tuesday I remember recording this podcast and a, and a few other interviews, and I was like, he's gone, like he's definitely gone. And then Wednesday, you hear these rumors that oh, actually he might stay, and it might go to uh, Hugh Freeze now, right. And then you're like, no, there's no way because the, like the new the new AD for Auburn was at Mississippi State and had a, like some hand in in getting him under investigation from the NCAA. Shut um, up, did he really? 
Uh, dude, he also like tweeted like something from Liberty. Did you see that? No. He retweeted a, a like a it was like a video of Hugh Freeze saying goodbye to the seniors on video, and he retweeted. It. He said like tears or something like that. Unfucking <laughs> real. And, and by the way, like all of this is gonna somehow like he he is in a, in a couple of weeks. You're gonna like ask me what their record was or something, or they'll have a, their their they'll have their bowl game. And I'll be confused why it's not a New Year's Day bowl game, and I'll because I'll have forgotten they went one and four to close out the year. Yeah, um, I still think Lane Kiffin will leave Ole Miss at some point. <laughs> yeah, at some point for sure. Yeah. Like, but I mean, some point soon. I think there'll be some big. Now, if he, I don't know. Let's see. Like, I kind of, I think Auburn's a better job than Ole Miss, right? But I could also see him thinking to himself okay like if i can just continue my success here get some like stud quarterback in the portal or something and like take us to the next level then i'll be able to get the next like the bigger job than auburn which is right. whatever job will come up bama yeah bama maybe or whatever i mean who knows um well, so, but, but here's the other thing too the kippen thing squash that because that's not like in the rear view so you like just from last week you had auburn fans convinced they were getting they were getting kiffin it's like a week after they were convinced they were getting either kiffin or dion and like motherfucking everyone like online about they, they the trolls that like they went so far out of the way to troll Ole miss about how they were stealing their coach and how you know they're a better program blah blah, blah. Oh, and then on top of that so bad like it, it, it got like the delusion was so set in and like everything was so set in stone with them that they were talking about who they were going to take in the transport, how Quinchon Judkins was definitely coming. Like Tank needs to go pro because they're going to get Quinchon. And I was like, this is outrageous. And now you're talking about like they're going to go to Freeze. And I think Freeze is a better hire than, than Lane Giffen. I do. Because just from like talking about big oh, – Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you're talking about looking at those two resumes on, on just – what is Kiffin's big win? I don't know what it would be. Yeah, like besides the like besides his like late night escapades, I don't know. So, I, I mean, and I don't either. I don't. You're, either. Yeah, I'm you're. Be, I mean, I don't know. That, you're better with the memory on that kind of stuff than I am. But so I think I nothing would be steps like out a good me. hire on that. But there's also so much stuff that's that's happened with Freeze, like because like from like the you know thirty thousand foot view, it's like oh well, he just you know he cheated at recruiting a couple of years ago and whatever, and and we moved on from it. But, like, he has not done a very good job of, of, like, laying low at all. Like, like the DMs that have come out. So, yesterday, like, and this is, this is like, from an actual source. Oh, my God. Look at this. Tears on. Jesus Christ. Man. That's <laughs> Liberty Falls. <laughs> so, this is from, like, an actual person close to the program that, that told me this, right? And, and I saw this with my own two eyes. When they announced there was going to be Hugh Freeze, of the, like they had been in discussion with him, whatever on game day, there there were so many people outraged by his like by him getting the the job potentially because of what it meant with his like he apparently had some like very bad situation where he like DM somebody who was like openly talking about like um, how she was like bringing forth like a rape case uh, or a rape charge like, against someone at, at Liberty, and he DM'd or something that was just like not at all close to like, like not, not only not reading the room, but also like not your place to say something completely like out of line. All this other isn't stuff. there AD from Baylor? 
I have no idea. That was the big thing is the AD came from Baylor after like he was let go because wow. of the rape case. He's at Liberty now. I could be out of line on this, but I thought I was listening to a podcast recently, like just today that was saying that's like a huge holdup, obviously. is like Hugh Freeze was in this girl's DMs being like, he's a man of Jesus. Like, right. Oh, so anyway, so, that, so Scummy there were so many people. One of my friends wrote an email to the to the president of the university and at the halftime of the iron bowl, he wrote her back and responded to it and said that there was over a thousand emails that were sent from Auburn, like graduates and fans and, and family from that day. And then also went on to say that there was nothing, uh, there's no association with Pete Thamel at all at, at the university. There's not a single person that would have like fed him that information. Like he has no association or ties like to the university. This is a very weird thing. Like, I, I think they might have like Yelp reviewed their way out of hiring him yesterday. Well, yeah, I mean that the like, Chad brought that up in the chat. Auburn fans are going to Shiano the freeze hire. Yeah, same thing Tennessee did. Um, yeah, it. I don't know, man. So where are they going to go if they don't go freeze? What are they going to do? Hire, hire Cadillac? I like the latest thing I heard is the the they interviewed a couple of different people. They're not going to hire Cadillac. Um, Dion could still be in play. Brett or Jeff Grimes or Brett Grimes, whatever his name is. I don't know. Man, just get fucking Bruce Pearl to run it. Who cares at this point? What if they win uh, Bill O'Brien? I bet you were pissed when uh, Georgia Tech didn't hire Bill O'Brien. Did they hire somebody? Willie Fritz from Tulane. Oh, that's a good move, I guess. Yeah. Well, some people are saying it's not official. Some people are. Okay. All right. Um, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. So that that happened. So Lane staying at Ole Miss. We go to Auburn. So let's transition into the Auburn Alabama game. You were there. Not really. Uh, they covered the spread, which I called, but not really a fantastic game to to watch. I mean, anytime you beat Auburn, it's a fantastic well, game to watch. Of course, I had a blast yeah. with that part of it. Um, of course, I will say was like surprised at the defense. Um, it was there was a lot going on in this game, man. Like, like I think I was impressed with how Auburn looked and like the, the resolve of that team and Robbie Ashford and like they. I mean, they were very one dimensional and they just committed to running the football. Um, I was telling somebody today, like there was part of me when they scored first, there was part of me that was hoping they would score again before Bama did, just so I could feel something because uh, it was not going to be like I mean, just, the game was never in doubt. So the atmosphere was kind of shitty because it was rainy and, and the weather and blah 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 and like. You know, whatever. I had a great time, and it was great seeing everybody. Uh, Michael Luker, um, just like like I said, like Tommy Tommy O'Rourke. Uh, we saw so many different people. Like the guy I got to go to the game with was great. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I, I will say, the takeaway from it. What well, by the way, what happened to Saban's face? Uh, I think I, he got cut by like someone's shoulder pad. I think maybe. Okay. Fuck, I very don't know. confused about that. That might have been uh like, that might have been Sean McVay today as well. I can't remember. Um yeah, he had like a massive, massive like cut on his face. My yeah. mom was like texting me about it. And I was like, I I don't I'm at the game. I, I can't see it. She was like, What happened to his face? It's like that Tommy boy. Yeah, he had like a little cut and it was like bleeding. Right. Um anyway, that being said, like I thought there was a lot of like impressive takeaways from Auburn. I you know, but also Bryce Young in his final game at Bryant Denny. Will Anderson in his final game at Bryant Denny. Bill O'Brien, for the first time all fucking season, started running RPOs and 
and throwing the ball downfield. I, like, I, I just, it would have been nice to do that a couple other times as well. Um, but this is, I had a meltdown after this, and this is the main thing I wanted to get into with, with our special guest, if he's ever responds, was the comments after the game from Auburn fans was even more delusional than I thought. And I, I've really enjoyed getting like to hang out with Auburn fans lately and, and don't feel like I'm an enemy of theirs or whatever. The amount of comments about how Bama and the holding calls and the reps are so bad, like the, the missed fumble on the punt, sure. Like that is probably a bad call when you go back and look at the, the review, like the play under review. At the same time, I don't know what that kid's doing anywhere close to the ball if he's not going to catch it. Like, and it, like, there's nothing about this game where Auburn was ever going to be in it, ever. And so there's been several people like that had like takeaways today, like even like in the media, which was, you know, it was a shootout there, like Bama looked like uninspired, looked bad, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know if, if I'm like cut out to have Saban ever retire because like I didn't think the season was that bad. And the way people talk about Bama now, it fucking drives me insane. And and I think that like it's all kind of started on Tuesday when the the playoff committee decided to put them at seven, and like people started freaking out that they might be able to get in the playoff. So here's the deal. This is what I want to like talk about with Graham Coffee, uh, but he has not responded. We're gonna bring on uh, my buddy Josh Hancher here in a second. Alabama's not going to be in the playoff. They don't deserve to be in the playoff. They, they don't have a good enough resume, a good enough win, or a best win. They do not deserve to be in the college football playoff. I don't want them to be in the playoff, to be honest, because I don't want to see them lose to Georgia for a second. I don't, because okay. I don't want to see them lose to Georgia for a second straight year. Like, yeah, there's a petty part of me that's like, it would be awesome if they got in and somehow fucking ruined everyone's Christmas and, and ran the table. And no, yeah, the I was talking about that today, that that's going to be what happens. It'd be awesome. <laughs> At the same time, like, I don't want to see Bama – play Georgia for the second straight year, get beat, and then have now, like, the narrative with, like, oh, God, like, like the stuff with saving and back-to-back years, like, like, all that kind of stuff. And they're not a better team than Georgia. Like, I don't think that they're a better team than than Georgia. I don't know if they would beat USC. But outside of that, I don't know who else you put in front of them that really tells me that they would not beat them. Like, I don't, I think they, they, they may lose the USC. I have zero doubt that they would beat uh, Kansas, well, not Kansas State, TCU, zero doubt that they would be um, Michigan and anyone behind them. So if we're going to argue about this whole thing, because again, they should not be in the college football playoff, but who has a better resume behind them? Outside of those four teams, USC, Michigan, TCU, and, and uh, Georgia, who has a better resume behind them? USC. They're ahead of them. Well, in the case that Bama made it over them. Okay, so I'm saying if they lose the, in the conference championship game, like well, you're they, talking they about right now, game. straight up as the as the rankings yeah. sit. Um, well, Oregon was eight, right? They're gone. Mm-hmm. Who's nine? Um, oh, Clemson. Clemson. Clemson was eight. Clemson, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah, I mean, at that point, it's just like okay, they're they're probably ranked exactly where they should be right now. And again, this whole thing about like, well, who's their best win? Like, like they've looked bad all year. You have two. Losses by four total points on the road against top 10 teams. Both of them came on the last play of the game. Both of them. And bad is very subjective. It's so, uh, it's it's not the subjective it's point. Bad for Bama's standard of like being undefeated or one loss every year. Right. Yes. 
you're probably right on that. But they'd still probably be every team in the country outside of Georgia. Right. Now, and, and I, they could also lose, as compared to their past, they could also lose to a lot of teams behind them. I Sure. Could. Sure. Could. I, I just think that this, this – like what I've noticed now, because the whole thing is that their best win. Their best win, flat out, is against 8-4 and four Texas. Texas is a top-20 team with one of the best offensive players in the country, and they, they beat them by one point on the road the second week of the season. Now, everyone in here that's watching this right now, I, I, like, I don't know every single person's fan base, but I think I know most of them. All of you at some point have seen how difficult it is to play on the road now. Georgia, Mizzou, and Kentucky, that's, those are not tough environments, but it's tough to win on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, like LSU, you, you lost to A&M last night. It is difficult to do that. Bama played five teams this year that were ranked at some point in the season or at the time that they played them in road games. Arkansas. Texas, uh, what do you call it? Um, Tennessee, LSU, and, and Ole Miss. So I don't know anyone else who's played that kind of schedule. And they, they have a top 10 strength of schedule in the country. I don't know anyone's, if anyone else has come close to that. And I don't understand why the whole best win thing, were n- like I knew Bama was never going to get credit for, for beating, uh, what do you call it, beating Texas. But the whole thing about, like, well, they had their backup quarterback in and, and blah, blah, blah. They had their backup quarterback in. But the moment you start talking about that A&M game, it was a close game that they, they should have won by 20 or whatever. No one mentions the fact they were missing a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and playing a backup that had three turnovers. Like, the, the, the goalposts move so much with this team and this program now that, like, all of the bias that people keep talking about, they get all the calls, like, you know, the committee, like, blah, blah, blah. All of the bias is so far skewed that it's like you're even worse than the arguments you think people are making for them. Like the bias you think people have for Bama is far less than the bias people have against them when they're making these arguments. That's all I have. So essentially what you need is TCU to lose to Kansas State, LSU to get destroyed by Georgia. Mm. They don't even have to be destroyed, really. Um, And USC to lose to Utah. And yeah. Bama's in the playoff. Or is Ohio State in the playoff? That's, I mean, what in the comments, what do you guys think? I think at that point, you got to go Ohio State. You have to. Yeah. You have so to. So, really, it's going it, to, it would be tough unless, like, like, Michigan would have to lose to Purdue. Like, it would just have to be like, I don't, I don't know. It, it, could Bama even get in? Yeah. There's, a, I mean, there's a, probably a way, but I don't, I mean, but also, no, there's probably, there might not be a way. Um, and like Willie Gray asked the question, because what are we debating whether the fifth or sixth best team? No, like the there's the argument like against them going to like be in the top four. TCU should be a shoe in at this point, no matter what happens on Saturday. If USC wins, they should be in. If they lose, though, I don't I don't see what Ohio State has. What's Ohio State's best win? At home against a four win or a four loss Notre Dame team. Penn State? Did they beat Penn State? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess Penn State's like kind of good. Okay. So that would be the most <laughs> impressive win. I like well, yeah, Penn State's 10 and 2. They're they were ranked number 11. They'll be in the top 10. It's a good win. But all the games that people have uh that have brought up that's like, you know, like they barely beat this team, they struggled against this team. You watch them play against Maryland. 
Um, Merit, Penn, Penn State's not top 10. The ranks are actually 11th. Well, now um, they are. Yeah. Because Oregon, well, they will be. Oregon and Clemson will drop below them. Yeah, that's all. I just, I just, it was very surprising to me, like talking about the playoff, because I think that, like, I don't understand, like, why the sky is falling and this whole thing. Like, putting in Bama with two losses and not playing, not winning their division, and that's why it won't happen. But the, like, the overreach for why they're not good enough to be in in the first place is fucking bullshit. I mean, that's just bottom line. Like it's it's not like they are they should be at five like like unequivocally I think it, it, that's anyway I just I'm just fucking tired of it and the the penalty thing Jesus Christ we gotta get some new material guys um there's a couple that you miss in the doc I think a big one obviously is Clemson South Carolina well yeah which is um. Man, congrats to the Gamecocks. I mean, I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I can't remember the last time they won in, in Clemson. It's probably had it had to have been a while. It had to have been like like when Spurrier was there. They beat him five years in a row when he was there. Um but as I'm reminded a lot recently, um 2012 is a long time ago. Is that what it was? I think 2012, 2013. I mean, that's about when Spurrier left, right? No, he left in 2015, middle of the year. Uh, Clemson, only 336 total yards. DJU. Um, Sucks. Yeah, man, he's just not good. And uh, this will be his last game at Clemson, I'm sure. He'll transfer. To where? Probably back to the West Coast. Like, I was thinking he'd be good. Like, he could probably be decent at a team like Oregon or, or like UCLA. Where no. they run the QB a lot, like... Clemson doesn't run the QB a lot with him for some reason. They they try to do it way too much, man, in my opinion. I don't get it. Or yeah, maybe I don't know. I just his he's his he's shot at Clemson. Like he's not yeah. gonna he'll won't be the starter next year. Um but nonetheless, I mean, great game for South Carolina. You know, Rattler back to back good games. I mean, he did throw that pick six, I guess, but um 360 yards, two touchdowns. He did have the two picks. Uh, Wells Jr., monster, 131 yards, two touchdowns. Um, mm -hmm. Man, I, this was pretty shocking. I thought Clemson was going to handle this one pretty easily. Yeah, especially with how it started, huh? Yeah. I mean, and they have dominated this. Uh, hold on, we have our, our guests sitting in the lobby. Um, so they've dominated this series like as of late like i just kept thinking that at some point they were going to run out of steam like at some point south carolina was going to run out of steam because it like what an incredible job from shane beamer man yeah i like nine like, and three you make right? fun of the, the the sunglasses and the stupid fucking tiktoks all kind of stuff but like what he's done to that program in in such a short amount of time it's way better i guess than like what I think it's probably ahead of where Pittman even was a year ago. Like he's beaten Florida, Tennessee, Clemson, Texas A&M. Who am I forgetting? Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. I, I mean, so just an incredible job from him and also an incredible job from this team because they were down double digits multiple times in this game. And what, who was FaceTime is 
they were down double digits multiple times in this game on the road. And, and Spencer Rattler did not look good early. And we all know about Clemson's defense, blah, blah, blah. My favorite thing maybe that happened all season was watching Clemson run that stupid fucking trick play on their special teams, like kick return, where they did like stuff like the annexation of, of fucking, I, I, it wouldn't be Puerto Rico because it's Clemson. So it'd be the annexation of like podunk, what the fuck ever. And, and they huddled up and then switched the ball like eight times. And then as soon as he fucking like got free, he fumbled. Just egregiously. I mean, like it's hard. He fumbled so fucking hard. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I, this is back to back years with Clemson, and I do think it has a lot to, to do with DJU. But also, like, remember when they used to have badass receivers? Yeah, I don't even think I can name Clemson receivers right now. No, Antonio. I think Antonio Williams maybe one because he he roasted Florida State. But I just like I don't know what's going on with them. I'll be interesting to see. I mean, Shipley's Shipley's been pretty good for them, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe they, they've got a badass D line in this in this class coming up, so maybe they'll retool. But just an interesting time in Clemson right now. Uh, you want to bring right, on our so guest? Yeah, let's bring on our guest, uh, our good friend here, Josh Hanger. Hello, sir. Evening, boys. So we're about to talk about the Georgia game. I got a little overzealous, and I don't like the original intent was to bring Graham Coffee here your co-host and, and sidekick on here and yell at him about his tweets. <laughs> um, but we can transition out of that. Cause I just got on a soapbox that was probably misguided and people aren't going to understand what I was even talking about. Cause it's going to end up not mattering in the long run. What will matter. Georgia goes into the, the, the postseason play, right? This week they play LSU. They played Georgia tech this weekend and you weren't even watching it on, on television, right? You were in the car. Yeah. I was driving home from uh, you know Thanksgiving with the, my mother-in-law this tweet that he sent out was like the original reason i thought tech may have had a chance because he said the last time he had not seen or was not watching a game <laughs> was a 2019 south carolina game i was like oh my god well not only that it was like i was driving home from the same spot in florida for a noon kick at sanford stadium so it was like and then it started off kind of kind of spooky so uh yeah but i, I was it's I mean it's different Every year, Georgia's got better, so I was like, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay, and sure enough, they were, but yeah, it was a little funny. But So from that game, man, and you were like a huge, huge stats guy, like in-depth analytics and, and, and all that kind of stuff and words I can't pronounce. <laughs> if you're going into the postseason, because Georgia's a clear number one team in the country, any concerns from the last two weeks, not just on the offense, but the team in general, like from you? I mean, outside of the constant munsoning i mean yeah you're worried um you know we haven't seen the the offense that that lit up oregon and dominated tennessee uh but i keep looking at it like a break it down you know georgia's best games on offense were versus oregon tennessee auburn and florida you know i'm not going to sit there and say that munkin is you know only using half the playbooks for the teams that aren't as good as those, but I do feel like they are keep, keeping stuff in reserves and stuff. And the Mississippi State game was interesting. We had, you know, it was the first road game in a, in a, a month, I believe, at night. Tough. Yeah, and it's a good defense, and they took away the run, and Georgia had 58% success rate passing the ball and scored 45 points. So I think, and I wrote a blog post on Dog Central about it, you know, saying Monken's going to Monken. He's going to, he you know, he said it in the preseason you know, press conference when he was allowed to talk. He didn't talk during the, the season and stuff. He said, I'm paid to put up points, and that's what he does. 
And, you know, he doesn't do it man ball if, unless he needs to. He won't throw the ball. He'll throw it 60 times if he needs to. But he's just going to – he knows how to score points. So, in Munkin, we trust. And certainly in Kirby, we trust. I mean, I'm a total Georgia homer. So, uh, I, uh, so I, I'm equally scared and equally confident going into, going into Atlanta and, and hopefully uh, the postseason uh, back in Atlanta. Is there anything, anything that worries you about LSU? Um, like besides alcohol poisoning. And <laughs> no, Brian I mean, Gilly, like, no, I mean they're a good team. You know, they 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 have ups and downs. I mean, they're they're, you know, as I put out a stat on Twitter today that showed, you know, we should, you know, we're the better team on every metric there is. Uh, I guess if Jaden Daniels and can get the run going, and and we we are a little suspect at um the edge position with Nolan Smith out. Um, and Chaz Chambliss, uh, who's been playing in his absence a lot, has not set the edge. And if inside zone and, you know, RPOs are working for Daniels and they get a bunch of drives going and we stumble on offense, yeah, there there is definitely a script that Georgia could have trouble and even lose that game. But uh, I don't think – I think we're better than that. I think this is a better coach team, more disciplined on offense and defense than we've seen even maybe – uh, no, I'm not going to say last year was elite, uh, but we just had a, a bad game in the SEC championship for whatever reasons it was. But no, I'm not I'm not too worried about LSU, uh, but they're a good team. And, I, you know, Kirby's only lost oh, LSU, Ole Miss, and Texas are the only teams that Kirby's played that he hasn't beaten. So it'd be nice Jeez. to get that monkey off his back. Nice. So let's just assume, uh, I'll just for the purposes of the conversation, we'll just assume that Georgia wins next week. I know you probably would never want to say that, but um, what's the team that's on the precipice, either in the playoff discussion right now or maybe on the precipice, like a USC, even like we were just talking about, there would be a crazy scenario. I, I really don't think there's a scenario where Bama can get in, honestly. No, um, again. But like, is there any team that you would mo- like rather face or, or, or maybe any team that you fear could give Georgia problems that they're in their weak areas, the few that they do have? Oh, I think USC is poses in tremendous... Uh, I, I think USC is a team that Georgia would be le- – I mean, like, you know, they've gone at Ringo. That You know, Georgia's given up pass plays. I mean, they're still a, still a really good pass defense team. But, I mean, USC is just on another level. They're peaking at the right time. They're, every metric and every offensive stat they have is is gaining. <laughs> you know, they, they're uh, – I mean, it just – they're number three in offensive success rate, uh, and they've – they're just getting more efficient. It just tells you it's offensive success rate is, you know, how many, you know, percentage of plays that are successful offensively on, uh, on, uh, on schedule and stuff. And, and that's like right. staying ahead of the chains, right? Staying like, ahead yeah, of the chains. Yeah. I mean, that's the simplest way to put it. Yeah. Uh, it's a real simple calculation, but yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're just peaking at the right time. And Caleb Williams is, you know, the best player in college football right now. So yeah, absolutely. USC is, is the team. I mean, defensively they're a train wreck still. Uh, they played a pretty good game right. against Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's not a very good offense. I mean, they're they're like right. they're they're some of their defensive metrics are in the one twenty five, one twenty six, one twenty seven, really bad. And um, I mean, there's a there's several good offenses in the Pac twelve, but they're like, not not like that. They're very you know very suspect defensively, but offensively, yeah, they they scare me. And Michigan's a complete team. Um, I you know they're they're I still think that Georgia matches up with them and and they want to run the ball, and Georgia's got a stout run defense. Uh, TCU doesn't. I think TCU's not. I'm not gonna say they're a fraud, uh, but they're sort of more lucky than good. I think so. I, I, that that matchup doesn't really scare me too much. But I mean, 
I still think, you know, you say there's no chance for Alabama, but Alabama poses more of a threat to Georgia, I believe, than both Michigan and TCU, in my opinion. I just, I feel like that. Like we were saying that we think Ohio State would go before Bama would, since they're both done for the year. Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't think that the the committee is going to drop them uh, past uh, Alabama. So I think, yeah, it's kind of moot. Um, unless total chaos happens and TCU gets blown out and USC gets blown out and Caleb Williams gets hurt or something, you know, but even then, I mean, they're not going to put two teams that didn't play in conference championships into the, into the playoff. Yeah. And that's what it would take for Alabama to get in. <clears throat> I think that look with Georgia fans, like there's some that have like the, you know, like they, they would love to play Bama and deservingly so because they would beat Bama. And I get like, but there's also, I think this, this like PTSD, trauma that like sits in like like the belly of like georgia fans for some that are like man if you let if bama gets in like that's like that that would be the nightmare right like that would be like the 2017 even though 2017 they were undefeated or they were like 11 and 1 that like i just don't think that i think georgia has has surpassed them so far at this point like is i don't there... think that I don't, I don't think the fans are but i think that's definitely some for me personally and i think there are a lot of fans that don't want to see alabama and a you know in a winner go home but i don't think the players give two two cents i mean i think the players are you know they don't alabama is just another team to them and, and I, I think that's that's the difference now is the mindset that kirby's got in there so for me personally yeah i'd be i'd be i'd be pretty freaked out to play him again in a, in a especially a one versus four but yeah, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I definitely think the players are locked in. Yeah, it's been we had somebody in the comments here say I guarantee that they're um they were probably working on the uh the LSU game plan last week, and that's probably why they look so bad against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech should oh my god. I loved watching it, it cost me a lot of money in that first quarter and first half. Uh and those <laughs> bets like that. But um last question for you. The job that Kirby has done this year after losing 15 players to the draft and still having so much success on both sides of the ball, especially on defense, it, should he win the SEC coach of the year? I know the award doesn't matter. It's, it's like a, a afterthought for most people, but like, does he deserve it over everyone else? And why is the answer? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. He does. He's undefeated. Uh, I mean, he's, he destroyed Oregon. He, he beat the best team, number one team in the country at the time and did it decisively. He's managed injuries um, you know, he's, you know, he rebuilt a defense and the defense literally picked up where the last one left yeah. off. I mean, you just like, you know, I mean, just scroll over here with defensively, uh, you know, they're fourth in success rate allowed eighth in yards per play allowed. They have a negative, you know, EPA, which is a, you know, stat head thing. I mean, they're top five in every defensive metric there is. I mean, and that's after losing five first rounders. So I don't know how anybody could vote for anybody other than Kirby unless they turned in their vote three weeks ago for Heupel. Um, yeah. It's just a no-brainer. I mean, All Beamer right, Beamer's well, coming um, in, Beamer's coming in strong, but you know, still that's a that's a six-win team, six-win team. So, um, um, we're gonna be uh, well, me and you are gonna at least do something. I'm not sure what Tyler's schedule is gonna be this upcoming week, but we're gonna do an SEC championship preview um, and going over some of the in-depth stats like that. We were trying to do it like for the entire month of November. We had talked about doing a yeah. show, you know, 
Then, then Bama lost, so you we all lost interest. <laughs> so I shut down emotionally for sure. Um, but no, we'll do that. Tell everyone where they can uh, they can find you and all the content uh, at, at Dog Central, by the way. Yeah, so the website is dogcentral.com. There's my blog is uh, outside the paywall or whatever. You can check it out for free along with other other blogs. And there's a forum thing for subscribers. Pretty good deal. Good community people. And then I'm on Twitter at dogstats, which is new. I used to be dog underscore stats. Now, Brandon Adams gave me dog stats. So uh, <laughs> check me out there. I share most of my graphics and, and all my stats and graphic forms. A lot of fun. Love the interaction. And would love for you guys to hit me up with a follow. Thanks, Sounds man. good, Appreciate dude. We'll get you soon. Thank you, guys. Tyler, nice to work with you finally, man. Yeah. Love, love y'all's work, dude. A lot of fun. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. All right. We'll see it. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think USC-Georgia would be a fun game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'd rather see that than TCU or even Ohio State. I think I think USC would give – I don't know. See, what sucks is you can't – like – Maybe not. Maybe Ohio State USC would probably be about the same, I think. Which yeah. I think both would beat, get beat up physically by Georgia. Yeah, everyone would. Um, here, take it out of this thing. Uh, either way, I think that like – like I think Georgia, Michigan – TCU and USC will probably end up being the field or maybe, maybe Ohio state. I don't know, but like the, I mean, Ohio state and Georgia, Georgia and USC are both national championship level games. Like that would be great for the sport of football too. I would love that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I mean, outside of that, uh, we didn't cover it, but Arkansas Missouri was just another close game between those two. I had Missouri plus three. I think I had Missouri outright. Come think of it. And you had Tulane as an underdog. Yep. Um, we missed on Louisville. Yeah. How about how about Kentucky? I'm sorry, not Kentucky. Um, how about the fact that Mizzou has beaten Arkansas? I think like six out of the last eight years or something crazy. That's such a random. Like by the way, Arkansas six and six for the year. That's that's a bit of a step back. Yeah, Kentucky, especially 75. after some of those guys they landed in the portal. You know, yeah. they had Drew Sanders, they had Hazelwood. I mean, you, they've they had a real trouble uh, replacing Burks. And then obviously, you know, Jefferson's health was a big part of that too. Yeah, but that's huge. And they had a ridiculous schedule, but also it was good to see Matt Landers come on strong for them at the end of the year. Um, I don't know. KJ Jefferson will be back. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think they need to make a change at defensive coordinator, but we'll see. So, anyway, yeah, it was a it was a fun fun rivalry week. Um, we got some we got a bunch of content coming up this week, man. Um, and so that's why I was trying to we were we we're talk about it off air and, and come to a decision. But if anybody's coming to Atlanta, um, I mean, we're thinking we're just tossing around the idea of me, Tyler, producer Dan, maybe going down to Fan Fest, maybe going or, or fanfare on Friday or Saturday, and. You know, getting some drinks in us, seeing what happens. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe sneak into the stadium. Give it like a pregame pep talk to Georgia. Is that on Friday? I mean, if we, we could do either or, but I would, I'm going to go down there at least one of those days because I always love being at Fanfare. Um, but would love to meet up with some of the guys and just, you know, grab either drinks at the Omni uh, or whatever. And we could do a, a casual meetup since every time we try to plan one, something goes awry. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, Anything else we missed? Probably. That whole that segment that I was like going off about was supposed to be just about Graham, and then Graham just bailed. So <laughs> that's always nice. Uh, 
Yeah, that was very nice. So, uh, well, before we go, we got to remind you texaspeat.com. Don't forget, go there. Uh, original hot sauce is always fire, no pun intended, but love their new traditional barbecue sauce as well. Visit texaspeat.com for recipes and hot apparel, plus take 20% off your entire order with promo code uncensored. Win big with Texas Pete when you sauce like you mean it. Had Texas Pete again this weekend. I got on a bit of a Peter uh, on Thanksgiving. Did you? I I put on, uh, had a, it was one of those days where I like drank all day. And then uh, I got like real just liquid courage and was throwing down much bigger bets than I normally do on the NFL games, (laughs) but won all of them. Shut up. So <laughs> that's awesome. Only, yeah, there was only there was only two, but I won both of them, and I they were much bigger bets than I normally put down. So, yeah. um, yeah. So I was on a little bit of a Peter there for Thanksgiving. Also, take a little Texas Pete on some of the leftovers. One bad either. I'll tell you that, dude. That Texas Pete, uh, sweet heat, whatever barbecue was incredible. So, um, well, yeah, man. We we've, we've been recording for an hour twenty. It's been a long, a longer one yeah. than we're normally doing. But uh, this was fun, man. This is like coming down the stretch here. Like, imagine if TCU loses to Kansas State, or imagine if USC loses to Utah. I mean, it's going to get wild this weekend. There's a lot of good games. Yeah, um, eleven yeah. bowl eligible teams in the SEC. We might have to do a bowl pick them or something. We got we got a lot of stuff. Yeah, we definitely up. need to do a bowl pick them, no doubt. Um, so. We got a lot coming up this week as far as coverage of the SEC game as well. As always, tune in to Saturday Down South uh, for all the content. Of course, tell people about college football uncensored. Best thing you can do for us to grow this, like this video, subscribe to it, hit the little bell so you get notifications when we go live. So you don't even have to set a, a reminder. It'll just pop up right on your phone. Mm-hmm. It helps uh, to comment. And so you're commenting here, but if comment on the videos um that certainly helps us as well and then of course the podcast version go give us five stars or wherever you listen uh give us reviews it'll help grow the show and you know we're trying to go to the top here so uh, uh anything yeah, yeah by the way we got a new five-star review but we'll, we'll do it on the next episode for sure we appreciate that y'all yeah anything else before we uh, let everybody go no All right, man, this is a great show. Uh, We'll see you guys later this week to be covering the championship games.